This is Steve Sherlock with another Franklin Matters radio show, number 879 in the series. This session of the radio show shares the Franklin Public Schools Redistricting Advisory Committee kickoff meeting held in the Franklin High School Media Center on Tuesday, November 15, 2022. Given this was a working session, the major whole group sections of the meeting audio is what is shared here. There are breaks in the audio when the members at each table introduced themselves. There was time to read the handout before the breakout discussion was provided. And the breakout discussion, of course, was held at each table. The breaks are indicated by a few seconds of music. Then the group discussion resumes. The edited meeting audio recording runs about 55 minutes. So let's listen to the Redistricting Advisory Committee kickoff meeting. for being here for our redistricting analysis committee. Um, congratulations on, on being here. Uh, you're here because you wrote about how much this meant to you and it really resonated with us. And um, as we went through them, it's very clear what made me most proud as superintendents to have so many people who are committed to our district and our, and our work. And um, with redistricting and an analysis and any type of study, um, I wanna just uh, name that it can cause um, a lot of anxiety around change and whatnot, um, but I want you to know that um, our process is to go through this as a process and you know bring everyone along on the information and then as we have these check, check marks and check-ins along the way, kind of make sure we're all understanding the same information and then decide what makes the most sense um, for our district, for our kids, and um, that's the goal of tonight is to kick that off. So by the end of tonight, just to set the purpose, by the end of tonight, we hope that you walk away with a better, better understanding of the facts, like the, the game, basically the rules of the game, the information, the data, and then um, as we continue through each meeting, as we work with our consultancy, uh, our consultant group, um, the information shared today will build some context and background knowledge, and then each meeting after when we start to look and examine different um, considerations and factors and scenarios. Hopefully, we're all sitting at the table talking the same language. So um, with that said, just a brief introduction. As I said, I'm the superintendent, Lucas Shagir. It's nice to meet you. Um, the members of our school committee um, and the space needs subcommittee of the school committee are here as well. So I just would like to point out the members of that team. I would start with Al Charles, who's the chair of that space needs subcommittee. He's here somewhere. He's greeting people in the back, okay? We also have Elise Stokes, and Denise Spencer uh, are both here from the school committee's representatives. And Miriam Goodman is our school business administrator who's here as well on that, on that team. So here we are. Um, we're going to get into introductions of our group AppGeo, and I'll let them introduce themselves. But first, what we thought we would do, it's a big group. To do a whole popcorn introduction wouldn't be um, a good use of our time. But what we thought is you're at table groups, and to make it simple, Tried to plan a lesson as though we had you know, 50 people, 50 students in front of us. Here are the objectives. As I said, um, we will share this presentation with you as well, so you can refer to it and post it online. You have the agenda from my email as well. Um, but ultimately, we'll do introductions, the goals, walk through a timeline, um, the approach to this work, guiding principles, and then some background around our district and our town. That's what you'll walk away, hopefully, with a better understanding of. And thank you. Um, 
the activator just at your table groups, what we wanted to do, just take, we're going to take like two minutes, just to make sure that people sitting at your table, you know who's there, and we kept it simple. Your name, your role, uh, if you have multiple roles, you can share those, the school you're associated with, and then grade level, if you're a teacher or a parent, or you have, or both, um, just share a little bit about that. So what we thought we'd do is just go around the table and do those introductions, and then we'll come back. Okay, starting now. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> appreciate uh, the conversation and the introductions. I see smiles, which is a great way to start. And we'll be working together throughout the winter, into the spring, so um, we'll have other opportunities to engage in some other conversations around this work. But thank you. So um, without further ado, I want to introduce our consultants from AppGeo, and I'll allow them to come up and introduce themselves. And this is our project manager, Priya. So should I stand there? Yeah, I think right here, and then we'll switch to the producer. Yeah, this is the production. <laughs> the next slide, please. Okay, so um, my name is Priya Sankalya, and I am the project manager. This is a big group. This is very exciting. Um, but uh, I've been doing a GIS, which is what you know this process is the sort of core of uh, for a long time now, about 18, 20 years. And I've been with this company, AppGeo, for about 15 years doing um, GIS all kinds of projects, school districting is just one little piece of it. Uh, I work a lot with local governments. Um, in fact, I know Bellingham was one of our clients a while back. Um, and a lot of state level and you know federal level projects as well, doing broadband projects. It's all a lot of exciting GIS work happening right now. Um, I've worked with um, almost all the redistricting projects that the company has done in the last few years, almost about 10 school districts, very much like yours. So we really know the workflow and, and have good experience with this process. Um, along with me is Ashley Tardif, who's here. Um, Ashley is sort of, you know, my right hand on all these projects, knows the whole process, the workflows, the back-end work that's involved, um, and, you know, dealing with the data, not just, you know, spatial, not just the tabular data, but the spatial data as well. Um, and then um, Russell Cohen, who is in Vermont, so he's not here today. Um, uh, it will also be assisting on this project. And then we have one more um, uh, of our colleagues. The next slide. Um, Caitlin Severy, she's actually in Colorado, and she's another GIS analyst who supports us on these projects. And then um, we have a consultant, Bob Scardamalia, who is a demographer uh, with you know, tons of experience. He, um, ha you know, has been, he was the chief demographer for New York State, actually, and he will be doing sort of a demographic study of uh, Franklin, and just, it's, it'll be like a report that you have at the end of this project. So that's us, and um, uh, next slide. Um, as far as AppGeo is concerned, I think I already sort of spoke to this a little bit, but we're a Boston-based company and you know been around for a while. Um, uh, we recently actually merged with a company called Sandborn. You might have heard of them. They are they used to make the original fire maps, um, the insurance maps. You might have heard of them. Uh, but it's a great, great merger because we sort of complement them. They didn't have the services like we do, and so uh, it's a really great uh, merger. Um, but we've been doing this for a long time. Um, we've sort of, you know, we're a real, we're a company that really listens to our clients and you know gives them the solution that they need instead of you know just sort of dumping whatever um, you know onto them. It's sort of like very, very customized solutions. Um, and we've worked with a lot of New England community, communities over the years. Um, and I 
think we worked with Frank, Franklin. I've got to look this up, but I think we did. Um, and we've done more than 10 of these redistricting projects. Uh, we have um, a lot of um, PMPs uh, and a PMO, so I am actually a, a certified project manager. And, um, and yeah, you know, a lot of geospatial analysis, visualization, application development. The point being, we, we've got to go. <laughs> uh, okay, the next one. Um, okay, so um, our general approach is, um, you know, very collaborative. Um, you know, we met with, uh, with Lucas, um, Al, and Miriam, um, and sort of, you know, really described the process to them and said, you know, we, we, we don't want to do this on our own, and we can't. We need all of you to do it, because you know your district, you know the, the schools, you know what you need. So we sort of give you that data and, um, uh, and analysis support that you, know, you couldn't do yourself. And so it's a really collaborative process. And we are very responsive and flexible. You know, if there are changes to be made, you know, we'll sort of go along with that. Suppose midstream we find, you know, some different direction that we want to go to you know, we can always switch around, so they're pretty responsive. And I think one of the strengths that we have is we really do sort of powerful visualizations. So um, it's hard for, you know, for lay people, sometimes it takes me a minute to, to interpret a map, and it's, you know, you need, you need some time to figure it out. So we try our best to um, put those maps out there for you with enough explanation so you understand what's going on. Okay, um, so as far as the project goals are concerned, um, I think you're all familiar with this. Um, you, you know, closed a school in 2021, you need to create this district-wide enrollment balance, which is you know, typically the case with all of these uh, redistricting projects. They are, um, you know, either a school is closing, either there's over-enrollment, either there's, you know, um, those are the kind of scenarios that you have which you know, force you to do a redistricting. And um, so that's what we, we aim for. And, um, and to do that, we will be using uh, the projections that the district has for the next 10 years. And um, we'll use current student locations and projections to develop scenarios, which we'll then evaluate and then you know, bring to you. So that's the process. And um, you know, maintaining transparent communication throughout the process is really key. Um, you know, we want to keep it as, as clear and transparent as possible. So, you know, a smaller group will be doing a, a lot of the nitty-gritty work and, and sort of saying, okay, this makes sense, this doesn't make sense, but whatever makes sense is what will be presented to you as, as options to give us feedback on, which will then be taken to the community. So it's sort of a, you know, three-step process to share it with the larger community. Um, so Priya, just to confirm on that, so your team will be building out those suggestions and then it will be presented to this team of 50, or it will be presented to a smaller subcommittee? Well, the smaller subcommittee will see a little <coughs> more. Yeah. You know, and then we'll bring us okay. a smaller subset to you. Awesome, thank you. Um, okay, as far as timeline and milestones, um, we've, we've already started this, and you know, we usually have this meeting after we've actually done a little bit of work, sort of understood the town a little bit. We've already geocoded all the student locations, and I'm going to present some of those maps to you today. So we've done all the data gathering. We've done a lot of the background analysis that happens now in November, December. Um, and then um, meanwhile, um, Bob will be working on the demographic characteristics, which he'll um, you know, put the report together in January. Um, but then December through April is the you know, sort of the time when we'll be doing a lot of the work. 
Um, we'll be building and reviewing scenarios. We'll be you know, creating components first, and I'll show you, I'll explain what that is, and then um, revising these scenarios as you know we get feedback on on different aspects of them. Um, and then um, we'll incorporate population projections into the scenarios. So the way it works is you sort of do a baseline, setting up scenarios using current student locations. And then once you get something that works, you use projections and, uh, and then look at the scenarios to see how they look with projections. And then finally, February, March is when we'll be presenting uh, the, you know, what this, this committee or the smaller group believes is a good recommendation to take to the school committee. And then the school committee will vote on it. So, and of course, sorry, before that, there will be public forums and community discussion. And once we get all of that feedback, incorporate that and then take that as a recommended uh, scenario. Um, um, you, I think, I believe this has already been shared with you, just so that you know, today's ACTICOF meeting. And we've, we've uh, put on the calendar these three meetings because you know, there are key times. Uh, in, by the time we get into December, we have something to show you, at least, um, you know, sort of the initial steps that we've taken. Um, and then in January, we'll show you actual scenarios. And then um, in March will be when we're sort of, you know, saying, okay, this next, you know, like what, are, what are the, are we using our guiding principles to figure out if this scenario works or this one doesn't. So um, we've kind of faced them that way. Okay. Now, um, as far as the whole the project approach, um, I'll get into a little more detail on each of these, but the first step is this data gathering and processing, geocoding the current student locations, setting up workflows, all of that is the first step. And then we'll be building these um, components, which are basically um, building blocks. I don't know if you're familiar with like you know legislative redistricting, where you use census blocks for doing your apportioning of populations. But we can't do that with schools, so we have to we have to create something that we can then use as our you know our, our essentially a jigsaw puzzle creation. So we um, create these components, and those aren't already created. So then we that's our first step. You actually create those components, so then you can create the district based on you know the combination of those components, um, and then we we'll evaluate them. We create scenarios, evaluate them, and then finally the so I'm repeating myself several times, but it's, you know, I think it's the more you hear it, um, uh, it'll be good in sort of you know, settling in. Um, so I always have a hard time as to where to put this slide in, but um, I'm just throwing this out there, and then we'll be doing a little exercise at the end where we look at these guiding principles and you know get your feedback on a little more details. These are just examples. So these are examples that we have from other communities. Um, you know that it all depends on what is important to this community. But for example, you know, I want to ensure the best use of you know, existing school space. So if that's a priority, then we need to make sure that we evaluate the scenario based on that consideration. Similarly, you know, I, I don't want to impact families. So when we do the scenarios, we also give you numbers for okay, this is the number of students that will be impacted, as in they have to go to a new school or you know, whatever. So we give you that account, and so then you can compare scenarios based on the impact of students. Um, transportation costs, I mean, fiscal responsibility is really good. So you know, if we create a scenario where everybody's moving around a lot, then obviously that's going to increase transportation costs. So um, <coughs> 
similarly, there are, there are towns which have um, a lot of potential developments coming in, so they have to think about, oh my god, you know, they're going to have a huge population growth, so let's accommodate that and keep that in mind when we are building these scenarios. So, and then there are some, um, you know, we worked with one district where it was really important for them to have safe walking routes to schools, so, you know, walkability was really important, so we did an analysis where you know, we looked at the distance, you know, walking distance to the school, were there, you know, if, if, the, if the town has the data, sidewalks, you know, all of that was also considered. So it all depends, again, on what is important. Um, okay, so now diving a little deeper, um, this is the data gathering process. Just sort of thrown some um, screenshots for you to see, you know, an example, and you seeing this for your town. Uh, these are geocode student locations, so that's the first step we do. We take the school uh, enrollment data, and um, of course we strip all the you know the names, but we just have the addresses, and then we geocode the student locations, so that way we know what the spread of the students are and where they're located. Um, we set up these pretty complicated data processing steps, which then you know computes where special ed is, ELL is, you know all of those those uh, workflows. We look at you know things like did the developments, are there any planned developments in town? We work with the planning you know, department for any of that information. So that's sort of that first step of getting all the data. So we've already done that. We've reached out to uh, the GIS department. They've given us all the, the data for Franklin. We've got the assessor's data, and I'll be showing you some of that. And all of that sort of gives you a good baseline reference for your town and you know what's what's in it, like, you know, you can see it uh, from a data perspective. Um, okay, then the next step is this component and scenario building. So as you can see in this, you know, different uh, districts that we've worked with, this was Weymouth, um, you know, these, these are essentially what I mean by components. So they're, they can be as small or as large as, as needed, and then that is what you use. And, you know, as you can see, um, I don't know if it's clear, but they tend to be, these components tend to be at the edges of current districts. So, you know, you already have your district map, and then you create these components at the edges, so then you say, okay, if I move this component into this, if I build an, this district with these components, then, you know, this is what the outcome will be. This is how many students there'll be, this is what the ELL distribution will be, this is what the special ed distribution will be. So all those numbers will be, you know, apparent when we build the scenario with a combination of these components. And then this is kind of what it will look like. Um, you know, this is one example. We worked with Wellesley. Um, and um, Wellesley had a situation where they were considering two different sites for, um, uh, for middle school. And so then they had to pick one, had to do multiple maps for one scenario of one school and then multiple maps for another. In fact, we're doing that for Holyoke right now as well, where they were trying to decide which school would be that middle school. So then, you know, this is one scenario where you can see that, you know, we, we built this district and it's a combination of sort of the main one with, uh, with all the components added together. And, you know, we could have built a scenario which had this district, this uh, component going to, to this district. So that's essentially what it is. It's a, you know, it's a, it's a process. And then we give you the numbers for every one of those scenarios evaluated and then, you know, bring something that's feasible. Um, okay, and then the evaluation process um, can be as 
you know, as complex or as you know, basic as, as, as you'd like it to be. Um, you know, one town that we worked with wanted a rating scale, so you know, we had we created this whole matrix and, and every scenario was rated. Um, but others just said, okay, let's just do pros and cons and say, okay, this one meets our guiding principles, this one is short on this one, uh, this particular guiding principle, so, you know, let's ditch that scenario. So, uh, I think there can be different ways of evaluating scenarios as well. Okay, um, and then community outreach is really important, getting the message out. Uh, explaining to them how, what the thinking was when we came up with the scenarios. Um, you know, like Lucas said, there'll be a website uh, on the district page where all of this uh, material will be will be uploaded. We will be creating, um, you know, uh, maps and dashboards and various um, um, outputs that we put up there. So essentially, it'll be linked so public can have that information. And then when uh, the scenarios are ready to be presented. You know, then you know we, we've not yet, I guess, figured it out. But there will be um, uh, opportunities for um, you know in-person outreach or um, Zoom meetings as well, and a survey potentially. So you know, all of those um, uh, aspects will be considered and and make sure that the the community gets gets all the information. And you know, you are key players in that because at that point, you know, bringing in the community is really important to make sure everybody is hearing what's going on and giving their feedback. If I can just jump in. We created the website. It's up. Um, we didn't want to get ahead of this meeting, but we did put up just historically what's occurred. So June 9th, there was a meeting um, where Mr. Charles had presented some space needs information. And then through the summer, um, I think in some of my reports, through the superintendent report you made, as we walked through each step of the way, like securing a consultant, um, getting uh, permission to or approval to put a team together, our team, and then to um, vote on the members, so it just lists right now uh, a timeline, but as we get more information and some of the interactive pieces that we can embed in, um, we plan to do so. So um, it's, it's up now, but at least it has a little bit of a history of what kind of what's occurred up to date. I'll take a, I'll pause here. Do, does anybody have questions? Uh, I know it's a lot, but yeah. So your your version of census blocks that you're building is that proprietary, or that's something like convention that like redistricting schools uses, like it's evidence based, it's agreed upon, or your AppGeo has their own like algorithm that you're punching into this system with all these. Like how are you like? How do you build the, the building component. block? Yeah. You guys are going to help us do it. There's no, there's no special sauce to it. It's essentially just like identifying the streets and saying, okay, you know, uh, this street, you know, this neighborhood makes sense as, as a piece and we don't want to split this neighborhood up. And then when we draw the line, we uh, make sure that we sort of put it at the back of a parcel so that, you know, if you have houses on both sides of the street, then that they stay together in the same district. So, so no, it's just done, you know, collaboratively. We just, you know, uh, sit together and we look at the map and we say, okay, we we sort of take a first pass at doing it, but then we need the feedback to say, okay, this this makes sense. Let's keep this, but then you might want to remove that street from it or add that street into it. So it's a completely collaborative process.
test, making those components. Um, and, and as far as you know, the next steps, there's, there's nothing proprietary, there's no, you know, I don't know, if they, I don't know what specific, I don't think we've got any algorithms per se, it's just uh, data processing <coughs> tools that we use that um, allow us to you know, give you those numbers. The only thing is we use a, a, a software called Maptitude, which is a redistricting software, which allows you to um, you know, uh, move these components around and then look at how it changes the numbers when we do that. And that's what classic redistricting software, and you can use it for legislative redistricting as well. But we've sort of improvised it and used it for this process. It is a little, I mean, we have to set it up so you know you feed in the data that yes, that you've given us for the, for the um, enrollment information and, uh, and the components that we'll be building. So those components is key, is the key piece that's fed into Maptitude. Thank you. No, so you're gonna build your mapping, utilize the data, et cetera, but what, what are you, what key guiding principles have you been given that you're working towards you're modeling things, you're moving blocks around. What is the end game? What is your analytics trying to accomplish? Are there problems that you're trying to solve? What's guiding you in that process? That's a great question. Um, and we're going to do an exercise at the end, so we have to develop some guiding principles. We've taken um, feedback that we've received along the way to put together a draft for reaction, but certainly want to work. So your table groups that you introduce yourselves to, There'll be an activity um, at the end where we look at the guiding principles that are Franklin specific and included some of the exemplars from other towns where they there's some common pieces around it, creating equity and balance across schools, depending on enrollment and whatnot, but we've also tried to consider what are the Franklin values, and that's where we need this team to weigh in at the table. So that's a great question. And then at the end, when Priya showed that slide that had a survey or a, a rating scale and then the pros and cons, if you remember that slide. Um, the idea there is if we've created some guiding principles, do the scenarios um, meet some? Or, and this is a process. Every town's different because every street's different and every, um, everyone lives in different houses. But ultimately, the goal is for us to try to create some distinctions and consistency and then make sure that we measure it against something, um, which would be those guiding principles before we even embark on this so that we're not already thinking of what we think the answer should be, but we've established what's important to us, and then now anything that comes your way should be uh, looking at those. And it's not to say that every guiding principle is met in every scenario, but um, that's a great question, and it's a great segue into what we'll do at the end, so thank you. Um, so, uh, I know you mentioned that there is, uh, you'll be doing work to um, project what the population will look like mm -hmm. in the districts uh, for the different plans you come up with. I know that the population study that Franklin had done a couple years ago was not at the level of granularity that it seems that you'll be using for the components. I'm interested to hear how you'll account for um, the higher level of granularity that you seem to be using in these component creation. So what we do is we uh, we will be using that study. It 
because they have projection numbers by district and by, by grade level, right? So what we do is we, um, we use your current data, which is where are the students located right now, right, and build these scenarios based on that current data. So you'll be looking at them all you know, initially, just assuming that this is where students are going to be. Now you don't know where they're really going to be. This is the, this is the hard part about redistricting. There might be some other family that comes in. You don't know where they're going to be. So there's a little bit of there's a little bit of a gray gray area. But what we do is we take that projection data and we sort of interpolate it. So we use those numbers and in place of the you know the the uh, current student locations, we use the projection data and then we create these scenarios with that projection data as well. Yeah, I guess I, I was hoping for a little more detail on the interpolation process. I mean, I don't know, Ashley, can you elaborate on that at all? I think it's... Yeah, so it's, I mean, so we're taking your current student distribution, essentially, and with that, with your help with building these components or building blocks, that's taking your neighborhoods, taking your feedback into account, you know, figuring out where areas should stay together, where they should be separated, where they could be moved, um, and from there, those components that kind of Developable land, land is basically in the assessor's data. So what we'll be showing you, and we can we can jump into that. Um, with this. Is there Just one a more? Few, a few, there's another question. and um, you know we will be talking to them to say okay what's the likelihood of uh, a large development coming in and then we there is a little bit of a, a calculation that you can do in the projections and we'll have to look at we haven't looked at in detail at the projections whether they took that into account so they likely did when they did the projections they would have seen what the development potential of a particular district is when they so there's actually a, a, a ratio that they use based on developments that are expected they'll use okay so if it is a um, you know a, I don't know a big subdivision with single-family homes then the ratio is one um, you know there's a ratio I don't know what the numbers off the top of my head 
but then if it's an apartment building with you know two bedroom apartments and three bedroom apartments and the ratio is different and that is basically the uh, uh, potential of, stu uh, of school age children to be in that development and developers usually give that information to towns when they put them in and the uh, the report would have that information. And we are working with the town to get anything registered or planned that's in the works. Um, we have access to get that information. So we would, we would base it off of that. But then we also know where open land is in this town for that. So there's kind of a twofold mm -hmm. piece that will be part of, the, um, part of the discussion. Okay, so we can see some of that. And I'm, I'm going to sort of blow through these slides because you know it's a lot. So I hope that later on you can dive into them and look at these, um, at all of this data, and you know digest it yourself. Um, so, uh, so this is you know showing you the residential parcel distribution in your town. So it's really nice to look at these things on a on a you know on a map, and you know you might know that yeah sure you know in the center of town the lots are smaller, and you know outside a little bigger. You know you know what is where the residential is where the Mixed families, the single family and multiple families, that's what this is for. And this will also be reflected in the, you know, a few slides ahead um, on the zoning. So, you know, what is the zoning in town? And so you know where is the single family zone. Um, okay, so the next slide gives you uh, what's the last sale, I mean, uh, the last sale date. Again, this is in the assessor's data. When was the property last sold? So I know it's really hard to read this, but um, you know we kind of mask this out to say, okay, you know where has there been um, you know, recent sales um, or even old? So like sometimes you see a pattern in this, but you know at least you can see the numbers also. This is this is the pattern. This is almost sometimes like reference information good to have. I'm, I'm not going to say that we look at this very in detail and say, okay, this is what's going on, so that's why the district should be smaller or bigger, or we should have that many kids in this district. It's really only just for reference. In, um, in, so, you know, maybe somebody will see something in that that might spark something, some information. Um, we'll link this in our agenda that's shared. Mm -hmm. We'll put this in the notes after this meeting. Um, and so this is the zoning, so you can see where the um, you know, where is the, the single family zone, where is the rural residential, uh, all the visits. I don't know if you've seen this map already, but you know, this is your zoning map, and um, um, it's good to see where, um, where all the different zones are. Where, and that's what we lead you to the, the next slide, I believe, is um, this is the developable land. Again, this is um, you know, in the assessor's data as to what is tagged as a developable land. And so you see where it is, you see what's the development potential, you know, check in with the per with planning, see if there's actually any permitting going on in any of these properties. You know, uh, some of them might be sitting there, nothing will happen for the next 10, 20 years, but you know, maybe there are some and all of this stuff takes a while to go through. So um, again, good, good to know and have that information. Um, so that's the town background. Again, you know, um, take a look at it. Um, let us know if you have any questions, but that's basically your data from the from the assessor and um, from the from the GIS department. Um, okay, now this is the, the district background. So this is all the um, students, you know, your students geocoded, um, and you can see that by elementary and middle school, we've got it, you know, broken down. Um, 
so this is the um, uh, elementary school students and the districts and, um, and the breakdown. So you see in you know, what's the number um, in each of the schools, where they're located, where is the concentration. Again, you can sort of see the concentrations um, and, um, and get a sense of where those students are. So the color represents the district and the students um, are the dots which are in the sort of, you know, similar color to that district. So, um, you know, you'll have to just start getting used to looking at these maps because we'll be showing you a map and then some data next to it. And the data will be, you know, broken down by grade and, and total and then, you know, further, further detail. Okay, next slide. So this is um, racial distribution. Again, you know, all of this information is just sort of standard. We give you everything that we've got so that you can see it spatially. You can see the distribution, where students are. For some districts, this is really, really important, you know, making sure that there's equity across the districts. So, you know, we give you that information so you can see it. Um, and the, the legend is down here so you can see what the distribution is for each of the schools and where, where it is. This is ELL, so you can see the, you know, this is everybody, and then the gray dots are not, and the uh, red dots have our ELL, so you can see the, where the ELL students are, are looking. Next slide. Um, and this is students with free and reduced lunch, so again, another metric that you can evaluate for equity, you know, just look at where they are located, and see what the distribution is, and how to make it more equitable across the And then special ed, so all the green dots in this case are special ed students, um, and when they're located, um, we haven't yet, you know, dug into what all the special special ed um, requirements are, but we will, um, and you can see that the distribution across the across the district. And now this is the middle school. Um, similarly, you can see the middle school distribution for um, all the same metrics. You know where um, where they're. It, um, again, a lot of information. Um, take a look at it. Um, you know, digest it. You see, you, you see the patterns and um, the process. And you know, um, we look forward to, to diving in. Um, will you be publishing the data that you use to create those visualizations? 
Okay. We'll be, yeah, you know, uh, we'll be sharing this deck and it'll all be available. Oh, I mean the data that used was used to generate the visualizations. Um, we can we can talk about that. See what what you need. Okay. Maybe a little Thank further you. in. Any other questions for Priya before we move to the next next stage? Oh, you, you have one? Thank you. So this is a process that will unfold. You know, we have a very large group here, but it's by design um, to really get in front and try to work through this. As we said, we're really trying to take the steps and approach um, other schools who've redistricted. We haven't experienced a, a redistricting since 2004. Um, I believe it was the last time. So certainly um, some districts do this and just bake this into a five-year review. Some do it when it's needed. Um, and we're at a place where we're going on 18 years. And um, we basically, if you look at the document that's being passed around right now, um, there's guiding principles. They're also up on the slides. Um, we listed some, some areas that you know, we wanted to start off with and just identify but also recognize that um, there are other considerations as well. So this is an opportunity for uh, at tables, you know, the same group that you introduced to. Um, we'll give you a minute to just read um, and process the, the words, then we can come back. I'll, I'll give um, five minutes, then we can come back, and then we can start having discussions in our table groups, OK? We'll just give people a couple of minutes to process. At our tables, folks, just have a chance to process. We'll have um, we have people at each table who will facilitate some of the discussion, take some notes, and um, and then we'll come back and share out as um, as a big group. The table note taker will share out some themes that emerge. There's two things I want you to be thinking about at your tables. One is um, basically besides the grammatical errors, you know, the the, the substance. Which ones? Um, do you resonate with? Which, what's missing maybe? What would you like to see considered as part of that? The second piece is start to think about if we had to prioritize, because one thing that may happen, and I've been coached by our FGO consultants, is there may be two guiding principles that might conflict with each other based on a scenario. You could have, this makes sense for balance, but it doesn't make sense for um, budget or something. I'm, make, you know, I'm making that up. but. Um, so it's just these are the types of things where if you had to think about um, priorities and things that are um, important to you um, and, and as representative of your schools and your communities, just keep that in mind, okay? Okay. It's 6.50. We'll give, we'll give a full, give nine minutes for this and then we can come. All right, folks. This is, um, this has created a lot of discussion, a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of questions too, and I think what's good about that is we're going to continue to meet and, and process some of this. But what we thought we could do at this point, maybe just go around. I know we're a little over time, but it was really important that we had this discussion. So maybe a table leader in each group could just start and kick off and summarize some of the, um, the themes or trends that came out. And we'll try to keep it respectful of time. The goal in this is to take all of the considerations. If you have um, other things that you'd like us to consider, you can certainly email me. Um, and we can make sure that we consider that. There was a conversation we had around what are considerations we want to be thinking about as we move forward. And we also had another conversation around what are actually guiding principles. So we tried to make sense of those and say what are guiding that we want to actually look at and examine as we go through this process. And then considerations as scenarios are built and whatnot. 
lot. So, Shannon. Sorry, if I could just add, this is like at, at our table, I think it, another important point, and for, for the sake of not only transparency, but a clear direction of, of where we're going to go and why, yeah. I think what we're looking for too is just um, what are the problems, like why are we doing this, right? Yeah. So what are the current issues in our district that we're looking to solve? And then that might give us like a clearer path. Right. Right? And I don't know that everybody knows that. So maybe if we, you know, share yep. that at an upcoming meeting. We can. And what I'll do is if you go to the website, the June 9th meeting is up also um, for you to see the presentation. So when we started this, I don't want to take too much time right now, but I'm happy to revisit that in the next meeting. But what we did in June 9th, after doing some space needs assessments and looking at just space and enrollment in classrooms, trying to make some decisions and look at what makes sense. And the recommendation from touring all the buildings that we did, and Al, I don't want to steal your thunder on this, but was, you know what, the way we're utilizing space, it's been about 18 years, it makes sense at this point to look at, should we be considering an analysis of our distribution across schools because of how things have, the landscapes changed and where people live and, and enrollment. And that's what with the recommendation to get together and do an analysis was started at, oh, thank you, uh, began on June 9th, and then that's where we continued to move through this process. So um, we can, I can put together a slide that has a little more information for you yeah, on that. Beyond yeah, beyond space, because we right. do have some current issues, inequitable issues, so maybe if we just name it, yep. and then we mm -hmm. yep. move in that direction.
similar with this group, you know, a lot, a lot was already said. One big question this group had was, why is that strip in that Keller Oak Street strip where some go to Keller and some go to Oak Street and it doesn't make sense? That was the big question. So they wanted an answer on that. No, I don't know. And time. Yeah, yeah. And, when, and when did that happen? And why did that happen? Okay. Um, the other piece, um, you know, a lot of what we said, you know, is this going to be sustainable? Are we going to have to redistrict again? Are school closings off the table? Um, you know, I think a phased rollout will be more feasible if possible. And then um, really also looking at our special ed programming programs in the buildings too and those transitions for those students as well. Thank you. producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? 
If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements. And I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008 and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.